0: Alright, welcome to the Sexual Quantum Leap Podcast. My name is Andrew Miok, and today I have a special guest for you, and I'm gonna be getting into that in a second. Like, usually I talk all about sex, so I'm gonna teach you how to be the best woman's had inside and outside the bedroom. Now I've literally got a guest who's gonna teach you how to be the best outside of the bedroom. The reason I stumbled upon this man, like I found him through a friend of a no. Found him through a friend. I was like, you know what? Quite frankly, I don't know about relationships. I don't know in depth. And I've had clients get into beautiful relationships, but by quite frankly, it was a it was a fucking fluke. And the thing is, like, yeah, I can teach the guys how to have amazing sex, but then when I stumbled across this guy, Doctor Nima, oh my god, it's like. I felt like it's someone who can actually understand you guys and really give you a perspective because he's not a guy who's a relationship coach out of a cereal box who like did a relationship co- course. He's gone through the nitty gritty and I've never seen someone so humbly and openly speak about their sexual dysfunction, their relationship dysfunction, infidelity and all this stuff so openly. And when I was listening to his stuff, I'm like, oh my God, I have to work with this man and everyone Jesus. who I'm working with at SQL has to hear what this man has to say. So the reason we're having him on today is going to be talking a lot about intimacy, connections and really like just opening up a little bit about his story about where it, where it like went wrong and then really understand how you can mitigate those mistakes for yourself. So before we go any further, I just want to say um, Dr. Nima, thank you so much for being here.
1: Andrew, it is great to connect with you. I've had a couple of conversations with you already. I love what you're all about and I love your transparency and um, if I can contribute in any way, I'm really happy to. I love this conversation even though it's really uncomfortable
0: and that's what I love like from the day um, day dot it's like you just like went straight to the bottom line we like got on the call it's like we didn't even go hey how are you it's just like all right, let's get straight into the nitty gritty because the thing is (laughs) as I said at Sexual Quantum Leap we teach you how to be phenomenal in bedroom but it's like I really like the analogy, I can't wait for you to really tap into this, and I'm going to stop talking in a second, but it's like, you got the pinnacle of meeting women, that's one like little hill, then you got the next pinnacle of like, okay, how to be amazing in the bed, but it's like, the biggest pinnacle is like the relationship, and that's why I want Dr. Nima to talk about this all today, but before we move forward, I just want to let you guys know, if you want to know more about what we do at Sexual Quantum Leap, and you want to give women multiple orgasms tonight with your hands, make sure you check out um, Sexual Quantum Leap, and you can go download the free Pussy Massage Guide. But with that being said, Nima, let's jump straight into your story, brother, because it's absolutely a phenomenal one.
1: Hold on, I have to download your thing first. <laughs> wait, so, wait, wait, hold on. What What did you just say? Wait, wait, hold on. Can we just pause for a minute? I gotta download this thing. What are you? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, great work. Um, it's interesting. We met through Phoebe. Um, Phoebe uh, is a uh, marketing coach, right? And so she's Mm -hmm. just helping me identify really, um, you know, how to do posts and stuff, because I'm, I'm trained as a chiropractor. That's my, that's my story is that I trained as a chiropractor, I had my first chiropractic adjustment at the age of 13. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, this is the end all and be all to be able to make such an impact in someone's life, the way this guy made an impact in mine. I want to do it. And so What I discovered in this journey of becoming a chiropractor, after about 10 years of doing it, I did all the things. I went to school, got the degree, all of that stuff, and I I started my chiropractic career, graduated at 25, and I just kept practicing and practicing, working, 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 and I found a very curious observation, is that the patients that were coming to see me were coming in with stress-related disorders right and so just knowing people and knowing your world what's the biggest stress stressor that you see in humanity right humanity usually it usually has to do in the realm of relationships so I would see patterns and people would come in with these long-standing chronic conditions and then part of my questioning was hey when did that start and they would say well it started three years ago guess what the next question I would ask them
0: About their relationships.
1: I would say, what happened three years ago?
0: Yeah.
1: And they said, well, I got a divorce or I caught my partner cheating on me or, um, you know, a a death in the family. So I started noticing there was an intricate relationship between our relationship conflicts, our ruptures in relationships, and – our health there was a direct correlation. In other words, I mean, you teach about energy, you teach about quantum, so you understand it's all energy. The energy between relationships between two people, there is a deep, energetic, neurochemical um, entanglement between two people in a relationship. So what happens is when we get into a rupture, when there's a rupture in that relationship, when there's a conflict or a rupture, if we grew up in environments where conflict wasn't modeled after, modeled to us very well, in other words, conflict and ruptures in relationships ended up with you not having connection with your primary caregivers for weeks or love was withdrawn from you, you have this sort of fucked up relationship with conflict Mm. and conflict, obviously within relationships. So what ends up happening is in our later years, in our twenties, thirties, and even beyond when we have these ruptures in relationships, it starts to fuck with our nervous system Mm. and it, impacts our health. So when I started discovering this, I was like, shit, I got to like, I I, I got to start teaching people how to take responsibility and heal those emotional wounds because it has an impact on your structural ones. And so this was 10 years ago, I started in my practice in my office creating a little workshop called life skills for a stressful world. And the patients and it I made it for free, it was free, it was for my patients, who I would suggest I would say, hey, listen. As we're working on this, why don't you come and learn how to do relationship with with others a little bit better? Shift your perspective. I, I you know, I'm a student of John Martini. So I would teach them values. I would teach them how to find their values. I would teach them how to injected values uh, leads to self-annihilation uh, and low self-esteem and projected values leads to conflict. And I would teach them the fundamental mechanics mm. of relationship conflict and how it impacted their health. And slowly, as I would as I was going through my relationship breakdowns, I went through a divorce in 2012 uh, after a three year marriage, that conflict and resentment and me working on healing that started to form the foundation of a new methodology that I was putting together called the overview method, which I started putting together and packaging and teaching in these one day workshops. And to make a long story short, I, loved working with the people that came to those workshops a lot more than I loved coming in on Monday morning and snapping necks and cash and checks. Mm. And so slowly but surely I gave myself permission to start teaching these fundamentals of healing conflict within relationships. And, uh, now I lead a global community of self healers that are, uh, are committed to healing themselves, solving the conflicts within their relationships, and regulating their nervous systems. And that last piece, Andrew, I got from my last breakdown in my last relationship where I was just doing the cognitive work, a lot of Martini's type of stuff, and I realized that I was getting into patterns in relationships. That no matter how much intellectualizing and clearing side A, side B, and all of that intellectual cognitive stuff, It didn't change the fact that when I was in relationship, I would choose the same type of partners. I would get triggered by the same things and I would find myself getting into the same type of conflict where I became like an avoidant, where I deeply wanted connection with a woman, but when it became close and it threatened to be the real deal, I ran. I was like, "Woo." In other words, I realized that I was unconsciously acting from an in, from a disorder where I was afraid of intimacy. And it's not a disorder per se like a medical pathological term. It was just an adaptive way that I was dealing with the traumas that were stuck in my body. And so now, after my last relationship breakdown which got toxic and it was a codependent cycle and it was just horrendous, What I did was I realized what was going on. I put a pause to my work in trying to help solve other people's problems and heal other people or try to be relevant and get all this approval and likes and shares and all that shit. And I just went inside and I actually moved in with my parents and worked on healing those unresolved wounds that were not just a cognitive thing, but they were actually in my body. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to solve this riddle of uh, of unconscious, codependent relationship patterns that I got into, and I'm going to get that holy grail that I've mm-hmm. always wanted, which is an, I never had a problem getting into relationships. I just had a tough time finding them that felt nourishing, that didn't mm-hmm. turn into needy, codependent cycles. And I thought, I'm going to create a secure, attached relationship that's based on mutuality, that's feels like a nourishing experience rather than one that's depleting. And if I can help do that for myself, then I want to change the world with it. And so now I help people what I call become trigger essentially what it is is taking responsibility for your triggers and healing what they're really about, healing your childhood attachment wounds that all of your triggers are, are all about and then creating relationships that are based on mutuality that are nourishing.
0: Brother Nima, I just want to say this, man. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work that you're doing in the world. And it is so apparent the work that you've done on yourself and yeah just want to say a big thank you for this and like dropping those <laughs> insights man because you know what it is so needed and the reason as I said having you on this it's like you've been there you've had the battle scars, you've been through and a lot of the audience that we have here at um sexual Quantum leap man it's like they're going through like a dating process want to meet that girl they want to have like amazing sexual experiences but it's like they do. don't, but the thing is they don't understand that hurdle that's coming up it's like cool because when these guys giving these women these experiences they go i've got this woman i like her but it's like they just get into this relationship and it's like they're trying to actually navigate it so what advice could you give to some of the people man like where they're starting out like that so for the guys for example they give a woman a great experience like what's that next step forward to like really starting to develop more of a healthier relationship
1: well, first of all, I can totally relate uh, I can relate to that feeling when I was a kid you know growing up i was the I was kind of like the only brown kid in a white neighborhood. I was the skinny ninety eight pound weakling i didn't have any confidence. My nose took up ninety percent of my spa my, my face so uh you know having an experience where women thought I was attractive or whatever it wasn't happening right so it all became about you know, how do I get the girl? And if you've, you know, I don't know if you, you get your, your, um, students or whatever, they've all read Neil Strauss's book, the game. And it was like all about scoring. It was about making her, you know, uh, orgasm or whatever it is, is it, it was all unconsciously. I realized I was trying to get external validation because I didn't have that validation for myself. That the only way that I could actually look in a mirror and say, "Nima, you're cool. I think you're a great person," is if I can have a woman validate my reality and my existence. Does that make sense?
0: One hundred percent. So, man.
1: so what we do then is we, um, you know, read books and get training on how to get this elusive experience where I finally have a woman just begging for me and just wanting to be with me and saying, "I love you," and I want to give give everything for you, and I realized that I when I was doing that I was actually doing that I was coming from acting unconsciously from a wound a wound where I didn't feel like I was enough a wound where I didn't have the my attachment needs met properly from my mother so I was seeking that in the feminine but I couldn't get it it wasn't enough to just have it in one because if I had it in the one And she pulled away her, her, her affection and withdrawal. I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't be alone. So I had to have three or four. And so I couldn't hold down a relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was lying, sneaking. I was just being kind of like inauthentic and incongruent. There was no integrity in it. I could get away with it and I could feel good about myself, but ultimately it was never enough. It was never enough. So there had to be a point. It wasn't until the last blowout of my last relationship where I had to really look at that. Um, Mm. I had to look at it and say, holy crap, like who I chose, her background as a stripper, sex worker, you know, all of that stuff. Like I built a life with that because of this incongruency. Um, I had to actually look at that. And what I realized was the driving force behind it was a deep sense of inadequacy within myself. And I knew that the more the more that I was seeking that validation externally by how many times I could make her orgasm or uh, how many women that I had, all of that stuff, uh, nothing would ever be enough. There would always be this empty feeling. And so instead of externalizing that, I realized I had to work on the part of me that didn't feel like he was worthy unless he had that validating approval from a woman. And so I went through a journey and did this probably one of the scariest things in my life. I stopped dating, I stopped having sex, like I couldn't, like the notion of not having sex for one month Mm. scared the absolute shit out of me. So. I knew that that's because I had other friends go through that process because they realized they were falling into the same trap. And I read Neil's books and I read The Truth. Have you read The Truth?
0: No, I haven't. I'm about 100 okay. pages in, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, and I just was like, oh my God, you know, it's like he just, he's a pickup artist trying to get laid and have women. And he was kind of couldn't get laid, finally could. And now he can have any woman he wants and now he can't hold down a relationship. So the book, the truth starts with him uh, on that next level of, all right, how do I solve the fact that I can't hold down a proper relationship? And so I was in the same, I was in the same boat. So I went through the process, everything that he he's read that, that I read in the book. I'm like, wow, I went through the exact same process. Uh, And, got to a place, what's the, you said, what's the advice that you can give? The advice is to recognize the part of us that is incessantly looking to, you know, get all of this validation and approval by, oh my God, look, I, I could make her come 30 times and yay, I'm winning at life. That's not a bad thing. It's just, what's the real reason behind why you're doing it?
0: Mm, I like that. Is yeah. to
1: own the fact. What's my prime motivation? If that prime motivation is to connect, then great. Is to share intimacy, be seen, heard, known, to know another. Great. You have a relationship based on mutuality. But often, you'll see if you can be honest with yourself. When you're doing that, your prime motivation is transactional. Listen, I want to give you all of those that dynamic best night of your life so that you can tell me that I'm the best so that you can never leave me so that you can validate my reality and so that then I can feel like I'm worthy of love finally
0: yeah man well that's great advice and it's like I love what you do it's not so much just like it's the biggest mirror the other person who's in front of you and I know it's like the deep work within yourself man and the thing is I'm really looking forward to diving deep into a lot of stuff with you in the future because the thing is man like straight up when I was um, I was running sex parties back in Melbourne you know and then I stopped we ran about 6 and I'm like what I was like, one time there's like four girls in the room. There's like, then there's six and then there's 10. I go, what's what's next? Like having 20, 30. And there's like- there was When deep, does it stop? There was this deep sense. And like people on the outside were going fucking cool. And I was helping guys set up sex parties. And I'm like going like this, I go- cool, I'm getting validation from other men and I saw how much like attention I'd get from sexuality. It's like, it's a beautiful like um, double-edged sword in a way because it's like all this stuff I learned from a bit of like, we can say probably like the trauma in my patterns of like using sex as validation, but it's like beautiful thing to teach all the guys about what to do. But then at my own thing, sometimes I was like sitting at sex parties, man, like I'd go to or I'd um, build up and I'm like, I want to fucking go home. I don't want to be here. Why, well, there's the hottest, most beautiful women in front of me doing all this crazy shit. And people are like, dude, you're living the life. I'm like, you don't get it. And I actually did a whole podcast on this, man. So I am really connect with it. That's what I'm saying. And I try and make this clear in the um, retreats that we run and shit. I'm like telling guys, go, it's not the sex parties and all this shit. And I go, I don't. I just go go do this because you really want to explore it. But the thing is, don't do it because you're trying to do this for other people. Like I really did and I really enjoyed it. But then it got to a point, I'm like, I'm doing this to hold a reputation. But I like what you said. Now it's like taking back those layers and I'm really guys, most of the guys I deal with and like you you, you work with, it's like they just want a loving connection and really get an understanding of themselves, man. Mm. So thank you for making that really apparent about like, it's just the what I want to say, make it apparent of like, it's never enough.
1: Totally. And there's nothing wrong with that at first. You know, I want to say there's nothing broken about you to want that right. It, it, it's an adaptive function because there's a, there's a little boy inside that doesn't feel worthy of love and needs to have all that validation. And that's not, then that's perfectly fine. What it's just a mountain that you're climbing after a while, when you have the many, you then realize that okay, I have, I have, a, I have like a, a, a large variety, but I don't have depth, mm. and so now your next Everest to climb becomes, all right, can I get? If I was to take all the energy that I have that I'm dispersing with all of these four different women, yeah. if I could, can I? channel that into one and have depth and intimacy. Beyond what I've what I've experienced, that's kind of our next level of of maturity, and it's just an evolution. It's just a maturity thing, right? It's a, it's grade one, grade two, grade three. It's like it's just a natural evolution. There's nothing broken about it. I mean, after my divorce, I just had to go bang everything that walked to prove to yeah. myself worthy of being loved, right? So I, I I went through that. It wasn't because I'm a bad person or I'm broken. It's just part of what I had to do at the time. It's just you get to a point then when you realize, okay, so yeah, I can have any girl I want, but I I really crave intimacy. And the word intimacy is very important. Into me, I see. The mm-hmm. feeling of being able to really take off a mask and get vulnerable and have someone see you. Uh, not just for your accomplishments, not just because you give them orgasms. Mm. In other words, think about that. There's, a, there's an in, incongruency there is that I'm with you. You love me because I give you 25 orgasms a night where nobody else has. So in other words, I have to keep producing those things to keep it transactional so that I could be worthy of love, so that I can be likable. So the next frontier is, here it is. Can I I have somebody, can I experience a a, a loving connection? I realized before this, I never actually felt love. I was married, but I didn't really know what love was. And I didn't know what that meant. It was just a two-dimensional thing. But Can I look at a woman that experience and have an experience of relationship being nourishing rather than depleting rather than something I need to perform with. Otherwise she's going to leave for, for something else to actually to see myself and love all parts of myself so that I can actually genuinely be in a relationship where I'm looking at her. Here's the whole Holy grail. When you're looking at her and you feel love and you want to give, not just to get in return, but purely as an expression of the feeling you have towards someone. Yeah. That was completely new to me. I had never experienced that. And I was like, I want to do whatever it takes. I want to travel whatever distance and I want to pay whatever price to be able to experience that because to I give, never had my service my of love for
0: years to give my service of love and for people to receive my service of love.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's our big, our our big man, Johnny D. But now what's happened is I met uh, Diana last year and right away, just by virtue of the work that I did on me and not distracting myself with the many, I met her. And at the time I was, dating a couple of people and it was not serious. And I, when I met her, I, I told her, yeah, the the same spiel that I usually give Mm -hmm. is that, look, I don't commit. I'm not monogamous. And this is, you know, what I want. And she said, and she told me something that I had never heard before. She said, I'm really sorry. I really like you. I care a lot about you already. It's a deep connection but this is not what I want. I want a monogamous relationship with somebody who values me and, and treats me with the same amount of respect and integrity that I treat them. And I was like, Whoa, I'd never experienced that because most of the women I would attract were the codependent type who try, who said, sure, sure. No problem. I'm down with that already. I'm down with that as well, but secretly wanting me to change, uh, and do kind of like a bait and switch Uh, because deep down inside, I I believe that, that women, especially women do want one partner that they can actually feel completely safe with that. They can, that, that they can actually feel like there's something beautiful is going to be built with it. And so when she said that, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this monogamy thing on. And I, and I said, all right, I'm going to give it, I'm gonna give it one month, I told her. She said, Give me one month. I said, I'm gonna give it one month and I'm gonna put all the energy that I normally put in all the other all the others and use this relationship as a space to heal and evolve and grow together. That the foundation isn't just about sex anymore, because you gotta go through your phase. If you I, I I was a religious person, so I didn't mm-hmm. have sex until I was twenty three. I, yeah. I kept I didn't oh. have sex until I was 23. Most most people who come into your work probably have some fucked up stories about sex because of religion or some oh, trauma. Oh, definitely,
0: man. The big one is like yeah. your religion's upbringing, all this thing, and that's um, that's clear. But what I want to make as well, just like to um, dial back for a second, then we'll continue where we're at. I also want to let the listeners know, by no means are we coming across and just like, please, um, correct me if I'm wrong, about condescending or putting you down about the dating process or the- or the sexuality process and I know Nima's like talking about it's not about just giving the woman 30 orgasms that's great but I really want to make it clear for you guys it's the place that it's coming from as well and we are being there and the thing is yeah. and, and, and Nima is I actually totally gone it. through and Nima's got the beautiful healthy relationship with a kid on the way and I know it's where the story's going but I just want to like just put that in there now man I'm like yeah, telling the guys 100% because some guys can't even get a girl and they can't have like the sexual sex they want and now it's like but it's a progression and you're, right, you're, right. you're for Forty-six now, aren't you, man? As well, um, so. I'm forty-four.
1: Forty-four. Um, but but what happened was after I lost my virginity at the age of twenty-three, I was like, oh shit, I got to make up for lost time, and so I just went on a tear, and I read all the books, and I did all the things, and then I got married, but I still couldn't get that, you know, compulsion out of me, right? So it was I was struggling with the exact same things, right? And so what happened was I realized that I was at the control, I was under the control of my impulses. And that caused me to not trust myself. And after my divorce, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can ever get married. I don't think I can ever commit to one person. And after I met Diana, and we went through that process, and I reframed relationship as not like, you know, like, I now... Know that I can get laid. I now have covered the fact that I, I don't have this insecurity about that anymore. I really want to experience a nurturing, loving relationship where we both feel like it's a nourishing place. And um, so after that, it was like all in, and uh, it it just and here's the weird part about it: when you do it right and you, see the, uh, you start to desire a relationship that becomes a space where both of you can really be yourselves, and the relationship becomes a space where you can evolve together and grow together and build something together, then the relationship gets better and better and deeper and deeper. I never thought that was possible, but it's 100% true. Like, I look now. We've been married. We got married in April. Uh, we've been together over a year but I look now and it's actually a better relationship than it was even two months ago. And here's, here's the, here's how I learned how to take my triggers and turn them into deeper self-love rather than a thing for me to run away from feelings for me to run away from Mm. a trigger comes up in a relationship, which is supposed to, your relationship is that you've, you know, once you get to that point, you found that right person, the relationship isn't just about, you know, sexual chemistry. That's not the only thing that it's about. That's one element of it, of course. It's an important element that is not to be understated. (laughs) It's important, but that's one piece of it, okay? Mm. The relationship will, by design, is going to bring up triggers of your past wounding that is unresolved. Do you, like I did, as an avoidant, say, oh, I'm triggered, fuck this, I'm out, I'm with the wrong person. I can't deal with my, I can't deal with your emotions. I sure as shit can't deal with mine. I sure as shit can't deal with your emotions. I'm out. I'm going to go find somebody easy who's going to not challenge me. Mm. Or do you use every trigger to go inside, learn the tools of expanding that space between stimulus and response? As Viktor Frankl says, there's a space between stimulus and response, the impulse that comes up where you see another woman and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to go and do what I normally do and then realize, oh, geez, I got to validate myself again. And what, you know, what's the stories going on in my mind that I have to you know, get her number, I have to get her approval so that I can feel good about myself. Once you get to the point where you truly have learned how to give that to you, you don't need it so much by the many. Yeah. and you feel rewarded your reward isn't by getting the number the number of numbers you get or the number of orgasms you give the reward comes from your ability to go through a difficult time a challenge a trigger a conflict and use that conflict because you've learned how to manage your own triggers use that conflict to have deeper intimacy and go oh my god like i even love this person deeper because i shared you know, like, let me give you an example of this. Okay. Like I'm at the ferry terminal going from Victoria to Vancouver, British Columbia. And my, my wife is sitting next to me and she's pregnant. And she shares with me a story of how, you know, when she was younger, she was two years old. Her mother and father got a divorce. Her father didn't want to have anything to do with the family. So he left. So guess what she's got in her body mm. based on that experience. She's got an abandonment trauma. In her body. It's not a cognitive process. It's in her body. So, guess what happens when we get into an argument and then I say, fuck this. I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. Guess what happens? It
0: goes straight there. Yeah.
1: It goes. She, she, it it, it it has to. That's what happens. It's in her nervous system. It's there. I have no choice. That's who I married. And she married somebody who has a mother who is very overbearing and controlling and invalidating and did, didn't have and very narcissistic and didn't have the capacity to see him and hear him and, and, and understand him. So when I raise my voice and she she turns she turns away and doesn't hear me, I go mental because that's my old wound as well. So here we are and I just wanna leave when that happens. So here we are perfectly designed to meet and to partner so that those unresolved childhood woundings inside of us can come to the surface. Now we either say fuck this and leave and go somewhere else or we use that with awareness and mm. a commitment to actually change the step in the dance.
0: Yeah.
1: So that I can then I can then tell her, you know what? I'm really pissed off what you just said. I'm not feeling seen and heard. I'm gonna go for, I need to go for a walk to cool off, but I'm gonna be back in 30 minutes. Yeah, so beautiful. that I can help her nervous system because I have conscious awareness of that. And when we're on the ferry that day, she you know, she's got her hand on her belly. We have an eight month, she's eight months pregnant right now. And she's like, you know, like I was prepared never to, and she shared with me some of those stories and wounds. She goes, I was prepared to, to never get married and have a kid because of what happened. I was never going to put myself in a position where I was going to experience the same thing that I experienced as a child naturally. Right. So she got her master's degree she became a badass she became educated so that she would never ever find herself in a situation reliant on a man and so with tears in her eyes after she realized you know we've kind of moved things around and now she's in a situation where she doesn't have to work her number one job is to take care of herself the baby and us and that's what she wants her choice She's sharing with me how conflicted she is because of that, because now she finds herself in that situation vulnerable. And she shared that with me tearfully. Now, that's intimacy. When I see that, it gave me goosebumps. She says it tearsfully. I can't help but to actually feel this deeper sense of love towards her, her vulnerability, that's intimacy. Now, knowing that I have this deep sense of responsibility to take care of that two-year-old little girl inside of her that was abandoned by her father and make a commitment that I'm going to heal that two-year-old just with – the kind of man that I want to become for her. And that, the the, the person, the reward for this is the person I get to become in that relationship. That's the reward, Andrew. The reward isn't how many times I could make her come in a night, which is fine when it happens. It's great. It's not my focus. My focus is now I look in the mirror and I love who I've become as a result of the challenge of growing myself and choosing a partnership based on mutuality, based on co-regulation, based on self-regulation and aligning this partnership with what I really want to build and what what I want to offer to humanity. And my life is my message.
0: Man, like I'm blown away and it's such a beautiful story, and there's so many lessons in there as well. And I like, as well, just touching on that thing we said: like you have to. and It's like a Martini thing again, since we both love his work of like have totally. to. What well, you have to, you got to, or what's the other one? Or you should. And it's like really, yeah, like, the what, shoulds. Yeah, like why? Why are we doing this? And really, like delving into that, going, hang on a second. Why do I feel like I have to get this woman's number, or I should give her 30,000? Yeah. All this shit, and I've really um, articulated this on the podcast as well. It's like. And you're making it really apparent, man. And it's like your, your communication of like, even like that, I just want to like touch on that. of like, hey, you know what? Something's come up for me. I'm going to go for a walk, then come back. I really care about you. But you know what? I just want to do this. And that effective communication style, instead of going, fuck you, I'm out. I'm out and I've been there in that position, man. And it's like, let's just cool off. And really like, let's both address this when we're both a bit more like level-headed and we're a bit more cool in the situation. So thank what you for that What happens is... Off.
1: Yeah. What happens, Andrew, is we don't realize that our woundings and our attempts to try to perform, relationships become performing transactions, Mm. and we become covert narcissists. And so it all becomes about us. You didn't come? What the hell's the matter? You didn't come? What's going on? And my ego is bruised because you didn't do that. And it's it's not about her at all. It's about my own ego. And so – The journey of healing those wounds turns us from covert narcissists into empathetic, loving human beings who develop into a functional adulthood where we're able to um, have relationships which are based on mutuality, which are based on empathy, which we grow through. And, and personal
0: so, and personal responsibility as well, man. That's 100%. what I'm healing a lot like that. It's like this is what I'm seeing. Like you're taking so much responsibility for your actions in the relationship, not running away and really listening and getting her perspective so you can actually help her so you can have a fulfilling and growing relationship. Right. And
1: that shit's harder to do than just saying, fuck this. Yeah. Right. It's harder to do. It's easier to go fuck this. But the growth of who I've become because I've chosen to sit in the frickin' uncomfortable soup of my triggers. And to do the necessary work to heal with the younger parts of myself that were abandoned a long time ago, that those are the parts driving the bus to get that external validation. If I just take a pause and not distract myself externally and go through the pain of, of not being seen externally and really look at myself and see myself, all of a sudden I become less needy of performing. I become less needy of external validation. I be, then, then I have the capacity to have a real authentic relationship. Dude. Right? Let me give you an example. Let's say you're with a girl, Andrew, and she was so insecure that she couldn't please a man. So she took all these courses to learn how to please you. And all she wanted to do was like, can I suck your dick? Can I suck your dick? I want to give you an orgasm, right? And then you can feel that she's doing it so that, so that she can feel good about herself. It doesn't feel authentic like she's doing it to connect with you. There's a disconnect there. There's a break of intimacy. That's coming from a wound. That's a performance that's inauthentic and no wonder why our relationships don't work when you have that floating around in the background driving the bus
0: yeah and that's that's the thing man and um, we always say at SQL, like just to catch you up on that stuff, man, we always talk about the presence, not performance. It's like sex is about the presence and like I, deep, I delve deep into what the presence is and stuff, but 100%, if you're doing something just to go, I can get the reaction so she can do this so hopefully she stays long. Dude, we got a lot of other shit to talk about and like, Nima, you're hitting the nail on the head with everything, man. But I got a Thanks question brother. for you before sure. we wrap things up, man. And this will be really relevant for the audience. Like, so you found your partner and it's, it's really amazing, but it's like you've had all all these beautiful experiences with all these women and stuff but you go what made you decide like okay am i making this the decision right now with this person to try this monogamy thing for a month but how do i know that there isn't someone around the corner, and this is definitely a question for myself. And I know other guys. Yeah. Are like, What about this? It's like, but this person has that, and you're constantly stuck in the what loop. What if of, I'm missing She's out? She's younger. This one's better looking, or this one has this, and like, and you, you constantly head fuck yourself, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll so tell you, know you, right that, you, now, you know where that you know where that question is going, exactly man. Exactly
1: <laughs> what the fuck you're talking about? Okay, brother. So here it is. There will always be a younger there will always be a more beautiful. There will sometimes even be better, more sexually compatible. At the end of the day, you got to ask the question, what do I want my life to be about? Hmm. You got to get back from this perspective. So I have a picture of this earth right here. And I, I basically, there's a, that's what the earth. What is it? That's the earth rise from the moon. Okay, a picture yeah. of the earth from the moon. Oh yeah, I can see it, yeah. It's the overview effect that astronauts feel when they see the planet from outer space. They have this shift of perspective. The method that I developed, that's a spin-off of John's work, but going into the body is called the overview method. So I have a picture there that reminds me. And when, it, when I look at it, it reminds me is that we're on a floating spaceship, and we can't stay. And we're only going to be here, you know, like, let's say, do this exercise, do this little exercise, you're going to take 95 minus your age and then multiply that by 365, okay? That's the amount of days you have left. On your deathbed, you're going to want to look back and say, what kind of an impact have I made on the planet? And so once that becomes more clear, then you're not so hung up on the, instant gratifications of life okay yeah, because you'll mind fuck yourself as you said into oblivion if you're constantly focusing on the instant gratifications of life because there's always another hit there's always another hit there's always a nice ass there's always a nicer ass there's always a nicer set of titties and a, even you know especially after they have kids they'll be a tighter pussy okay you're going to always there will always be that okay but at the end of the day when you get to a point and you and and no judgment if you're not there yet this is when you're ready and you basically usually after some pain andrew i can kind of see i know I, I just what i've gotten to know you what'll happen is you're going to go through one after another hurting other people hurting yourself, going through jealousy, going through this toxic cycle again and again and again, going, wait a second, all right, and then what, Mm -hmm. right? And then you realize when your self-worth is not determined by the physical appearance or the hotness or the number of orgasms or whatever it is that you're looking for, you then can align with somebody with a similar vision for the time that you have left on this planet and the the impact there. And once you are there, when another comes in, right? I live in Vancouver. There's a ton of beautiful women here. There's Mm. a ton. It's like, uh, it's unfair over here. Right. Mm. And you know, a lot of times I've been caught noticing, you know, Taking a look and uh, one time my wife said, it's like you had, uh, it's like you were, your neck was, you were at a restaurant. She said, it's like your neck is on like a swivel stick or something. Cause I was like,
0: yeah, dude, right? it, it never ends. It's like you're on a hunt. It's like your eyes have hawk vision. You can see a woman 300 yards or 200 yards. You're like people like, I didn't even see like the shopping center. Like, dude, I saw that girl like that. It's like, it's shutting that down, man. It's like,
1: that's me. It's, it's me. It's not shutting that down. That's the myth. Yeah. That part, here's the thing. That part of you is why you're so successful, Andrew. That part of you is the creative energy, creative sexual energy is a superpower, Mm. right? When your mission on this planet and what you want to leave behind. Becomes more important than that instant gratification of getting a hot chick to validate you. When that trumps this and supersedes that, you're able to have those feelings. And instead of going, fuck, I got to shut this down and judge myself for it, which is fighting against your nature, what you do is you breathe. Feel the desire fully and embrace that as part of your superpower. Mm, Don't fight it. You embrace it. I embrace it and then I channel it into serving my clients. I channel it into expanding my business because it's the same creative energy that I'm doing in this that I'm doing in this uh, conversation with you. It's the same creative energy that I use to write my book or to do Facebook lives in my private Facebook group that created, that creative energy of conquest is part of our superpower and should not be constrained. It must be appreciated and channeled.
0: Nima, you are blowing my fucking mind and
1: that's the I, secret.
0: I just want to say, dude, it it is an absolute, <laughs> and thank you as well. It's like getting really raw and honest as we do on the SQL podcast. We're not afraid to like really put it all on the table and for my, my own life to be dissected. And there's a few things that you really um, brought to the awareness as well, man. And it's good for myself and then for the listeners as well to really reflect on their own lives as well. So thank you for really giving that really raw and honest perspective. Um, Nima, are we still there?
1: Beautiful brother. I'm glad to, yeah, I'm glad to contribute, bro. Yeah, I can hear you. A little Uh, choppy, but I can hear you.
0: Nice, man. Well, before we wrap things up, um, is there one piece of last advice that you would love to share with the audience? Because I know you've got a Mm -hmm. ton of stuff and you've already dropped some bombs, and then we'll get into um, the best way to reach out and contact you, man.
1: Yeah. Um, From a context of the gentleman that you were describing to me in our conversation earlier this week, um, I think a good indicator, a, a, a thing that would be very helpful for you on that journey is whenever you get triggered by something by a woman, by your partner, whether the conflict is, you know should I stay, which one should I choose? what you just want do what you want to do is cultivate a situation where you're able to sit with yourself by yourself. You're able to not have that validation from a woman and see what that come, what, what that brings up for you because it's in the shadows. You might as well make the unconscious conscious. Carl Jung says, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. Mm. So what, what I'm encouraging you to do is just to go inside for a little bit and see what happens in your body if you don't get her number. If you aren't able to, you know, get the validation or you are experiencing rejection, where is that core wound coming from? And you're going to be able to connect with yourself at a certain age. Perhaps it's the five-year-old version of Andrew. Perhaps it's the 20 year old version, 15 year old who got dumped by whoever that is, your work is to reconnect with that part of you mm-hmm. and to cultivate the habit of not distracting yourself by externals because, you know, it, you, there's nothing more rewarding and gratifying than not needing somebody to validate your
0: worthiness amen dude and that's that's amazing become
1: trigger proof and the world will open up for you and that's why i love teaching
0: i really love what you said man what you said like you see that woman don't suppress it essentially breathe it in and channel it like the think and grow rich grab that sexual energy and really that's how so many great people among time and like getting so much so much productivity done when it's like not so much of the focus like Hunt, no, no, I've been there, man. It's hunt mode, hunt, totally, hunt. always, totally. So, brother, I want to, I want,
1: yeah. I want to leave you with this one, one thought that came came up. And John taught taught me this. John DiMartini taught me this, and says you can't have freedom without constraint. Mm-hmm. Okay, now watch this. I want sexual freedom. I want to fuck whoever I want. I want freedom. I refuse to be constrained. Great. You go down that route. Guess what? You have sexual freedom. Now you're constrained by your libido. It is very constraining having to go out on a Friday night and have to pick up because I'm a prisoner now to this impulse. However, Now I choose the constraint of marriage, right? I'm now constrained. Nima, he's got a ring, I've got tied down. All right, I'm now constrained, it's over for me. I got my ball and chain, I'm constrained. But guess what? Now I have freedom because I don't have to spend 23 hours and 59 minutes of my day having to score, get approval, get the attention of, try to date and go back and forth playing this emotional labor of this game of trying to be validated by somebody, which is incredibly fucking constraining. I have freedom from that. And so we're powerful when we realize you can't have freedom without constraint choose your constraint that's in alignment with the bigger picture of the vision of what you want to accomplish and choose that constraint wisely
0: man that that is some super powerful stuff and obviously uh, um nemo is a facilitator for Martini as well and you know how much of an advocate i am of his work and you've heard me shout him out tons in the podcast guys so it's just beautiful as well how much work he's done with Martini, personal development and seeing this. And you can even see the authenticity and the work that you've done on yourself Nima so I just want to say man thank you from the bottom of my heart today for sharing absolute gold nuggets with the audience and really it's it is a blessing to have you here and sharing your work with the world man now for people who want to really get in contact with you and I highly recommend it as I said listen to this podcast send it to people who may um, benefit from this what is the best way to get in contact with you man
1: my website's right there, drnema.com, and schedule a discovery call or uh, jump into my Facebook group. It's called uh, Trigger Proof. And uh, if you want to join me on Instagram, at drnema, just send me a DM and let me know what was relevant for you, what was meaningful for you, how it landed. I'd love to, to be of service.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And guys, as I said, if you want to get in contact with him, I'll put all the links in the description below. You can even get in contact with um, Dr. Nima through me and I can get you directly in contact. So as I said, guys, this is for the men who really want to go through that process. You might've had their dating and the sex, you're like, now what's it? I'm giving you the man who's actually goes, you know what? It's time to really have that relationship of your dreams.
1: Make sure you're in the, in the situation where you've already proven to yourself you can get laid and to please a woman, and that's no longer a mystery to you. You're now ready for the next climb, which is how do I create deeper intimacy with one person and live in integrity with that and, and not feel depleted? That's who I really would love to help.
0: Nima? Nima? I'm going to end with that, man. I just want to say thank you so much. And I I really can't wait for the the gentleman who this really resonated with. As I said, send us an email. We'd really love to hear about your thoughts about this podcast and all that. With that all being said, remember, guys, it has been an absolute um, privilege to have you guys here. And thank you for listening wherever you are in the world. And much love. And we'll speak to you soon.